0: Welcome to the College Game Day Podcast. I'm your fill-in host today, Pete Thamel. We have an honorary pocket square in memory of Reese Davis, who could not join us today. Don't worry, he'll be back once we're out in Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl, and we'll be previewing all the big games at that point. But right now, I'm joined by Stanford Steve to talk a little bit about Florida State feeling frisky and potentially where they could end up as a conference destination. And we will go through, for all the sickos listening... All of the bowl games coming up this weekend, who we like, and we promise not to opt out like Reese did. Before we pick the bowls, we're going to pick the rest of the bulls, every gritty, gnarly one of them. Uh, we're going to talk about the news of the week, which is our friends in Tallahassee continuing to rattle cages. Obviously at 10 o'clock this morning, there's going to be a board meeting. We're taping on Friday. Um, and in that board meeting, Florida State is expected to come to a conclusion that want to challenge the ACC's grant of rights. And Steve, this kicks off what could be one of the highest stakes and most fascinating chapters in the history of college realignment. Can they get out of the grant of rights? Can they not? I would imagine the theater of this, and some of it is certainly absurd, has not escaped you.
1: Yeah, I have questions for you. <laughs> Bro, let's go. I'll go rapid fire questions. All right. First of all, do they need a partner? No. They
0: they they will eventually be joined by some ACC schools, but in this moment, this week, if you will, yeah. to initiate their challenge, they don't. Part of that is they're expected, everybody's expected to go for a home game here, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. go on the road for this court date. So theirs would be in Leon County. If Clemson eventually did it, They would do it in whatever their local county is. Like, you're going to find a friendly state court, hopefully with a
1: friendly judge, um, to to accommodate this case. Does this open a door possibly not to the SEC, but also the Big Ten?
0: So right now, before anyone can take Florida State or any of these ACC schools, they need to be cleansed of their legal sins, Mm -hmm. right? You cannot take anyone who still has legal exposure. If there's one thing we know about these big college sports programs and entities, they do not want to end up in court. They do not, cannot, will not end up in court. And if they look like they're executing tortious interference, one of the great <laughs> terms that we, uh, we only really comes up in realignment contiguous States, tortious interference. There's a few that are uh, grant of rights. There are a few realignment only buzzword phrase conversations. So until Florida state, and or Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, whoever else, Miami, are unwound from this legally. No one is even going to feign interest in them. Now, certainly are there backroom conversations, etc.? cetera? Yes. Um, as specifically for Florida State, where would they go? They do not have anywhere to go right now. The SEC's interest in them at this stage appears to be right now in 2023 – more defensive-oriented than offensive-oriented. Florida would be a conscientious objector to Florida State, right? Mm -hmm. Now, look, Texas A&M was a conscientious objector to Texas, but Texas is Texas. They're an A-plus program. Florida State's an A-minus program, right? Like, they're not quite on the same caliber. They also have that part of the country pretty well covered. If you think Auburn's right in the neighborhood, Georgia's right in the neighborhood, obviously Gainesville isn't that far away. Um, but that—that's where the defense comes in, Steve. If the Big Ten was on the cusp of taking Florida State, the SEC would not want the Big Ten flag planted directly smack in the middle of their backyard. Yeah. Right? So that's where there's almost like a stare down between Birmingham and suburban Chicago. They've got their periscopes up and they're looking at each other. Truthfully, I don't think either place is like eager, like. Shopping at the bit to get them, right? Like people were for Texas or USC or some of those big thumper brands. Again, Florida State, great brand, great school, ton of respect for them and their history. Um, they are, in the SEC's eyes, a little bit redundant. And that's mm-hmm. why there's not the urgency. Texas was not redundant yeah. where they are. So um, it will be interesting to see the, the dominoes and where they go. But any fait accompli of they are headed here, I don't think it's true. I just think that those decisions are well down the road. We've got to give. Now, the reason they're doing this right now um, and are expected to start this process, December, January, is if they're going to try to leave the league. So they're, they're going to be in the league for 24, 25. If they want to leave the league for 25, 26, they've got to announce that they're going to do that on August 15th. But. It wouldn't surprise me, like most legal processes, if it takes more than six months. So it could be the legal unwinding happens, and then it's not till August of 2025 where they can then formally announce that they're going to leave the league. Um, Now, the the Florida State conundrum is this, Steve. It's interesting, right? Right. Like There may not be immediate, panting, hot and heavy interest in them right now from the SEC. But as we're in this era of contraction, and quite frankly, it's been pretty rapid fire in the past few years, it's hard for me to imagine Florida State being left on the board, right? Because yeah. when you when you go, it, it brands available, right? The conventional thinking is Notre Dame, hands down, number one draft pick, best brand available. Number two, because where they're located in the markets – and the great brand, North Carolina, is considered number two. After that, it it, it sort of gets a little bit more muddled, right? Uh, Virginia is valued not because of their football history, but because of their location. It gets you mm-hmm. into D.C. It's an unbelievable school. The state has awesome talent in it. So, the, the, like, capturing that area for the big 10 would mean you go Maryland South and really like get that 95 area extended down. And then if you Mm -hmm. got North Carolina, you could really go all the way down for the sec. It's the opposite. You could take, you could, you could take it up. And so that's kind of an intriguing battleground. North Carolina definitively is behind Notre Dame in that. And then with Virginia, I don't think it's as definitive. The market is definitive. The mm -hmm. attraction Table households still matter. They don't matter like they used to, but they still yeah. matter. And so for their conference networks, energizing those markets is, is, going, to be a, is going to be a big deal. Um, but it gets it gets a little bit more muddled at, at that point because Florida State's football history and certainly Clemson's football history, um, especially in the last decade, would certainly trump Virginia by, by a long shot. Clemson's problem is that it's redundant and... Though it's a great brand, one of the great brands of the last decade, does it really bring you an area if you're the Big Ten? Like they're they are an awesome brand locally in South Carolina, but in a lot of ways they're 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 a great brand nationally. But do they bring the same eyeballs households, et cetera? Now, certainly the Tigers, when they play Notre Dame, when they play big high-stakes games, the people are watching. So uh it's it it will be interesting to see how all that is disseminated and it's a hard thing to project, Steve, right? Cause it's not like a draft pick. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. one picks the next picks. Does the big 10 go and try to take all four? Right. That would be pretty bold. Cause they'd be at 22. That's probably unlikely. Is Carolina a chess piece along with Virginia to maybe try to get Notre Dame, like mm. for the big 10, like something like that. Like they're all are bigger, you know, there's all like bigger thoughts and worlds at play. Um, I will not bring up AAU status with a serious face because I don't believe that's a serious conversation anymore. But yeah. I do think Big Ten presidents making this decision, Virginia and North Carolina look a lot more like the Big Ten than Clemson and Florida State did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Florida State looks a lot like an SEC program, but that's part of the problem too, right? Like, I mean, Florida is going to stand on the on the doorstep of SEC headquarters and wave their arms in objection. And the the voice of Florida in that league, you know, has has a, a very good has a good amount of clout. Um, and Georgia not being excited, and Auburn not being excited matters. So, yeah. but there is there is that reality of do we really want that Big Ten flag planted in our backyard? And and that's a that's a real mm. thing and uh, and an issue. So anyway, that was more than you bargained for in your answer.
1: No, but the other it, the Big Twelve is not an option, right? I mean, the Big Twelve has less money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if everything crumbled, or do they already have a sustained plan where it's ACC, Big Ten, or bust? And, or I should say, SEC, Big Ten, or bust. And if everything fell through, just to get out of there because they're so disgusted with everything, would they go to the Big Twelve?
0: I don't think it will get there. Yeah, um, it just it, it, they can also stay.
1: That's you what I'm saying. Also, like I, I they, yeah. like the steps of what if, like yeah. you said, first they they have to unwind themselves of everything and get clean legally with all the fees and stuff. I just don't know like that next step. Are all three on the table and the Big Twelves the, the the floor and the other two are the ceiling. That that's where I think uh, uh to to narrow it down would would be easiest for people to try and yeah. figure out. But we know what the plan is for them, obviously.
0: Yes. Um yeah I just don't think you know ultimately all of the rights of the Big Ten are with Fox. All of the rights of the SEC are with ESPN Got going it. forward here in the next couple of years. And then the Big 12s are basically split. I think ESPN, it's like a 62, uh, 38 or, or whatever. So to get Florida State, you would have to throw like a bag of cash and give them a separate deal. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't make sense that the Big 12 would do that when it's the same people that who would have to pony up the money um, if the league makes the decision on the other end.
1: I would love to pick some bowl games. All right, let's go with the Saturday slate where we have a bunch of games starting at noon. Troy versus Duke in the 76 Birmingham Bowl. They played 76
0: of those, huh?
1: Nah, (laughs) I think that's the old sponsor in the truck stops uh, getting their name on this one. Uh, Troy minus seven over under 44 and a half. Duke obviously – Head coach gone with Mike Elko going to AM. Manny Diaz, I did see him at the Duke-Baylor game at Madison Square Garden. Guessing he's not in the bowl prep there. Uh, your thoughts on the 76 Birmingham Bowl?
0: My thoughts on the 76 Birmingham Bowl
1: are that like this Duke
0: program is, is missing its best players, right? Yeah. Riley Leonard is gone. Their left tackle, Grant Barton, just announced that he's going to skip the bowl game and go pro. Um, there's kind of a skeleton... Uh, a skeleton crew left coaching staff wise. I have a hard time seeing Duke move the ball only because we didn't see Duke move the ball much with Riley Leonard gone. And Troy's coaching staff is gone. They've done a pretty good job leaving some guys behind Greg Gasparato. The DC is going to be the coach there. And if it comes down to motivation and available bodies, Troy is going to be much more motivated and they are going to have many more available bodies. And also, look for Troy to like take that game over too. Like mm. they have a huge passionate fan base, especially in that Birmingham area. Yeah. It's a, it, we think of it as a smaller school, but there's actually a lot of students. And uh I it's a big moment for Troy, back-to-back Sunbelt Belt championships, etc. So, it felt like for Duke after Riley Leonard got hurt on game day, like everything just sort uh, of that game day game against Notre Dame. And again, they yeah. had some nice moments playing Florida State tough and it just Leonard's injuries just kind of took the wind out of their sails a little bit. And uh I can't I, I have a hard time seeing uh seeing Duke rally to score like twenty-four points in this game. So I'm gonna take Troy.
1: I'm gonna agree with you, Pete. I'm gonna take Troy minus the seven. Obviously, both these coaching staffs don't have the guys that started. Uh, the year with them, but I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a huge spot for Troy to put a stamp on something, a win over an ACC opponent. If they could do it emphatically in front of what I would think would be the advantage of the fan base, as you pointed out, in that Birmingham area, I will take uh, Troy minus the points in that one. Uh, also at noon that day, that one's on ABC. The Camellia Bowl is on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Arkansas State minus three versus Northern Illinois. Uh, I'll go first here. I'm gonna blindly take the underdog with the Mac team here, in Northern Illinois, six and six on the year. Arkansas State also six and six. And I give I give that staff and that program a lot of credit. They looked as bad as anyone week one when they went to Norman and got, got absolutely rolled. Uh mm-hmm. I just think it's a tight game. I look at the under also. Arkansas State has put up some numbers, but these Mac teams have done a decent job uh, of of making the other teams and these opponents play their tempo and Northern Illinois, not going to flash you with the, with throwing the football. going to want to keep the ball away from Arkansas state. I will take the three points with Northern Illinois.
0: So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to go with Arkansas state. Northern okay. Illinois has had a bit of a portal exodus.
1: Yeah. And Seems like keep, every Mac school has.
0: Yeah, no. And that's just the unfortunate economics yeah. of, uh, of 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 where we are uh of where we are in the uh in in the game right now but I, i'm looking and there's probably about a dozen a, a, a dozen guys now i'm not telling you they're all starters or anything mm-hmm. but it has me it has me concerned enough um where the, they, there hasn't been much margin for error this year with with northern illinois to begin with um and i uh i, I really have become a a big fan of Arkansas state three games into the season. They made a switch to Jalen Raynor at quarterback Mm -hmm. and he's thrown for 2,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. And has just kind of been a a lightning bolt for that program. A really needed adrenaline shot, especially after that dreadful debut in Norman. Mm -hmm. What did they score? 70 plus against Texas state. Um, Now some of that was kick returns and pick sixes and everything like that, but um, 73, 73,
1: nothing. Yeah, nothing. And then the next week they lost thirty-seven-three to Memphis. Memphis <laughs> ended up pretty good, but yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. So I just think that uh, that 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 Rainer makes the difference for Arkansas State in this one. All
1: right, uh, up next will be later on Saturday afternoon, three thirty. ABC, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I repeat, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl with Air <laughs> Force. Playing 11 and 1, James Madison. Obviously, another coaching change with Coach Signetti going to Indiana. JMU minus two over under 40 and a half. I would put this up there as the quickest of the bowl games. I could see this one well, three hours or less for sure, uh, knowing what these teams want to do. Blindly, it's the Armed Forces bowl. I'm taking Air Force, knowing that. They're not going to let any distractions get with them. I'm not sure what the mindset is at JMU. I'm sure teams are going to come after them after seeing their coaching staff lead. I'm sure James Madison's old staff is going to want those guys uh, to come, some of them to come with them to Indiana. Uh, but so I'm going to take Air Force plus the two points in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl at Eamon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas.
0: Air Force has been a really interesting team this year, Steve, right? Yeah. They, they lose four, you know, they start out red hot. And we're talking about them maybe playing in a New Year's six game. Yeah. And then they lose four straight. Larry gets hurt against Hawaii. They have that. They had some losses to some good teams the Hawaii loss was like, whoa, that was like one that, you know, made you shake your head and why college football is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry their star quarterback, Zach Larry gets hurt in the first quarter of that Hawaii game. And they've, they have struggled since then. Uh, he will be back for this game uh props to JMU they have a bunch of dudes in the portal including McLeod their starting quarterback Jordan McLeod and they're going to play for James Madison even though they're in the portal and I think that's awesome right that's awesome no honestly, doubt for every part of it because look, Jordan McLeod probably has already picked the school and that it, it takes a little bit of uh tightrope walking in order for that to happen so mm. tip of the cap to allow the Dukes to finish their season right and not with a skeleton crew um, they do have a skeleton coaching staff. So you have no head coach, both coordinators gone. That's going to be really hard. Um, I saw that they, uh, they they actually brought in um, some some retired coaches who, oh. uh, who who've dealt with the uh, with the option in the past. A former Bears assistant, Brian Ginn, uh, John Reagan, the former Maryland assistant. Um, he'd coached wow. at Air Force and Army, and they basically have some dudes like trying to help him stop the triple but without your head coach and your both your coordinators i just feel like in in seemingly larry gets air force back rolling a little bit they've had a ton injuries other than him too so i Mm -hmm. i always would hesitate to pick against a uh, military academy in a bowl game right because motivation is always the north star in these and you know those guys will always be motivated so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. take air force
1: okay with you, uh just peaked at the twenty four JMU schedule. I see the sunbelt part is not announced, but they get to finally somebody's gonna play them. They go to North Carolina in September, which will be very interesting. Oh, JMU knows. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting to keep our eyes on uh next year early on, knowing they want to take that next step as a program. Uh all right. Also at three thirty on ESPN Saturday, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Georgia State in blue uniforms on the blue turf in Boise, Utah state, both teams six and six Utah state minus one and a half over under 59 and a half. This game's always kind of fun. You get to see teams you don't usually see on the, on the Smurf turf in Boise. I'll let you take first crack at this one.
0: So Georgia state may be the most portal
1: impacted team in this
0: set of bowl games uh, or early on uh, start running backs off to Missouri. They got a defensive yeah. back from Dorchester, went back to BC. They got a tackle um, who went to Virginia tech. I just really feel like, boy, uh, I got a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time taking them. Utah state uh, does not have Cooper Lagosic quarterback, but they do have uh, Levi Williams who's played quite a bit for them. So I uh, I I feel like I'm going to take Utah State uh, on the continuity factor,
1: and Levi's the guy that's going to go be a Navy SEAL, correct?
0: Yeah, it is Levi. He's going to be the Navy SEAL. You're going to yeah. I'm not never betting against a Navy SEAL in a, yeah, like a no, bowl this game. This is probably his last
1: stand too. <laughs> yes, this, this is his last <laughs> image in a uniform. That's motivation for the Aggies uh, going to going to Boise. They did lose 45 to 10. That was in Logan uh, to Boise. And Georgia State has been brutal, uh, ending the season with losses to Old Dominion, LSU, App State, JMU, Georgia Southern. Pretty tough teams that they played in the last five. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 roll with you if you say there's and it. My my number one saying for the whole bowl season is who's playing. Because that's the biggest question. And if you're telling me there's any kind of continuity with one side composed to the other, I'm going to take the continuity. I'll agree with you on Utah State. Uh, Moving ahead later on that day as we get down to that ginormous slate of games on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN, the 68 Ventures Bowl at Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. South Alabama against Eastern Michigan. South Alabama laying a huge number. 17 points over under 44 and a half. Uh, I saw South Alabama, their best receiver, is leaving, going to Louisville. Uh, He had a monster day against um, I think it's uh, Lacey. Uh, End of the year with 91 catches, 1,316 yards, seven touchdowns. He's on his way to Louisville. I thought that was a great pickup. Uh, I actually think if I was going to do portal rankings, I think Louisville might be uh, one up there with with Ole Miss. Just seeing the the guys that they got. You think Tyler Shuck can
0: stay upright? Because
1: dude, that dude has flashed when he's been healthy, no doubt. And I, I but if I'm Brom, and look what he did with Plumber, uh, they exceeded oh, expectations. Yeah. You know, the first part of the year, and then it caught up with them. Uh, turnovers, they weren't able to pull the trigger uh, against Florida State. They had numerous chances in that ACC title game. But I, I trust uh, Jeff Brom maybe more than anyone when it comes to college quarterbacks moving spots. Uh, he's done a great job. He coaches them as as well as anybody in the country. So I still think that's a lot. South Alabama, you mentioned the motivation of Troy playing in Birmingham. Plenty with South Alabama playing in uh, Mobile. Uh, I, I 17's a lot though in Eastern Michigan. I'm going to let you take this. I'm guessing they got. Ravaged by the portal, uh, also to join the Max Cools losing players. Uh, but I will uh, take the candy here with the 17 and take Eastern Michigan.
0: I'm gonna take South Alabama, but if if anyone is going to invest in this game, I would watch closely towards kickoff. Uh, Carter Bradley, LaDamian Webb, and uh, Colin Lacey are, uh, are not all, they're all at least in doubt. Uh, Bradley's the starter uh according mm-hmm. to South Al but he's been dealing with a knee injury so just be be cautious before you push forward that said uh maybe I'm still blinded by South Al's win in Stillwater this year because they've certainly yeah. been been up and down uh up and down since then um including a loss to Central Michigan at home which was really mm-hmm. one of the more baffling ones of uh, of the season they gave up 52 to Texas State to end the year I just don't know if Eastern Michigan has the firepower um, and I feel like South Al and old Major Applewhite dialing up will figure or will figure out a way to move the ball. And uh, yeah, that 17 is a big number, but uh, you know, be bold or go home.
2: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out. Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.
1: Love it. Uh, The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, 730 ABC Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Utah, if you can help me with that quarterback situation, I'd love to hear it. They're giving six and a half to... I think a guy that doesn't deserve or didn't get enough love nationally for coach of the year, Uh, Northwestern gets to seven and five, which looked as bad as anybody uh, the first couple weeks of the season. Credit to them uh, getting up off the deck and and getting seven wins. But we got Utah, Northwestern in Vegas, inside, no weather. Utah minus six and a half.
0: Do you think they use uh, the program of the fighting Reese Davises uses the Stanford Steve clip? Where he
1: picks them against
0: UTEP to say this is going to be their only win of the year. <laughs>
1: hey, they got there for. There wasn't many. What of was them. the but what was the line them. on that UTEP game? Do you remember? They were an underdog. They were an UTEP. underdog
0: to UTEP at, at home.
1: Home. That's at amazing. Home. And they took that as motivation the rest of the way. That's for damn sure.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, Steve: as someone who who played, uh, what do you think that this is the first helmet-to-helmet communication game?
2: Yeah, I um, saw in, that in,
0: in in college. Just what difference does that make? You've been on sidelines. You've been dealt with play calling, signalers, all that stuff uh, as as a player. Um, and I think a, myself included, and a lot of our listeners have never been involved in a high stakes college football game and in trying to communicate plays. What what difference can that make?
1: Uh, I think it's funny. I think you have in a, in this instance where you're not used to it, huh? Pete, now you look at it. As, as, you know, we watch everybody, you know, they, everybody has the player cards and some guys are so fast uh, that the signal is already given before the ball is set for the next play. And when I think about these two teams, they're not of that liking. Nope. So, you know, I, I played in a day where your, your position group didn't look for a signal. You know, you just got it from the quarterback in the play and everything was in there. Uh, so I think there's a there's a sense of um, knowing these coaches staffs and how buttoned up they are. There's going to be a sense of over communicating uh, in this game, knowing that the systems are and are they using them on defense or just offense?
0: I would I assume it's, just it's both. A, oh, yeah, okay. OK. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I am
1: i don't know either. But I just saw that it's going to help. And I hope uh, we get to the point where this is the norm and we could get rid of all the drama we had to hear about this year. Uh, So I, I, knowing these two coaching staffs, I I don't think it'll be an issue. I'm fascinated to see how it works because if anything, you could speed things up even more teams that want to play tempo. But then when you look at these two teams in this game, they don't want to do anything like that in speeding up. They want to make sure they're set, their hands are in the in the grass, and they're lined up properly. Uh, so I just find it fitting that this system is going to be in place for a game involving these two teams.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at an article because uh, Cal and Texas Tech did it in their bowl game. Two on offense and six on defense. Two inside okay. linebackers, a safety in their backups. That was wow. at least what tech did. So um that was from uh Ross Dellinger Yahoo article where he he detailed this. To, to answer your quarterback question, Steve. Uh I looked this up this morning. Bryson Barnes, despite being in the portal, is going to play for Utah. So we'll call it the emory Jones principle, right? Yeah. Like there there are, and there's a, there's a few of these. Jordan McLeod's going to do it for JMU. We're going to see a few of these, which is great, by the way. Hey, it's, it's a like, showcase. Yeah. Oh no, exactly exactly so it, it it only it only makes sense yeah if he tees off against northwestern and throws for 325 somebody's going to say hey come on down you can start us in the mountain west or whatever it is so um as for a pick
2: i'm
0: going to take utah they they roll in vegas uh they they're good in that stadium and i do feel like they'll be able to neutralize some of Northwestern strengths, right? Mm. Like, I just feel like Utah still on the lines of scrimmage is as good as anybody in college football. Um, they'll be healthy. They were bang banged up by the end of the year. So I am, uh, I am going to take that. And, uh, I think they could slow down old Ben Bryant chucking around the park.
1: I agree. Uh, give me Kyle Whittingham in a, in a bowl game with preparation. I don't care what the quarterback situation. Now you tell me it's going to be Barnes. I like it even more. Uh, and, again, I just I, – I can't say enough about what Northwestern was. The way these teams are and guys being able to go, go in the portal and see how things were after four games and being able to save a redshirt, all that goes into it. Uh, they 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 got it. But uh, I'm going to side with the U-tier and, and just because Kyle Whittingham in this – we've like you said, that stadium and also in a bowl game. We've seen him so many times. Uh, I'll lay the points. And, finally, that night, 1030 Eastern, ESPN – the easy post Hawaii bowl out in Honolulu, Hawaii. You have coastal Carolina, seven and five San Jose state, seven and five San Jose state is minus nine over under 49 and a half. I believe Cordero's playing for San Jose state. I love what Brett Brennan's done. Uh, coastal, I think also has been, uh, dispersed by the, the portal, uh, knowing that McCall's out of there, uh, they haven't been the same team to me, and it's 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 hard to think back to Coastal Carolina before Grayson McCall. Uh, but he's he's committed to NC State, so I'm going to take uh, San Jose State here minus the nine.
0: Um. Yes. Have you? Did you see Tim Beck posing shirtless,
1: all rocked up? I saw. It got taken down. He was forced oh, to take it down. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, school. No. I guess school of the bowl game was not a fan of that picture
0: interesting you would Mm. think it would sort of fit that dirty myrtle vibe from yeah why not
1: right like yeah like
0: lean lean into you have teal turf for crying out loud (laughs) (laughs) um so coastal's been interesting right because they uh they obviously lost mccall to that you know gruesome head injury and uh glad to see by the way that he's going to be back playing football because that wasn't uh that wasn't the case, but they kind of found themselves in in October, November, and then they lost that that Army late, and then obviously uh, <clears throat> James Madison, you know, really just took care of business in the uh, in in the title game there against them. So I uh, and they dealt with other quarterback issues too um, after that. But I, I really feel like some of the, Sometimes in these bowl games, it comes down to okay, who who's really in a better league, right? Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the Sun Belt. A high-end Sunbelt team is probably a little better than a middle-pack Mountain West team. So I think Coastal will be healthier and ready. And they've kind of found an identity without McCall at this point. So I think they'll be able to uh, score some points and roll in that game.
1: I will say in this bowl season of who's playing, where are you going, what game are you in, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State won the bowl season getting a trip to the Hawaii Bowl. I will just say that.
0: Yes, you would think the Hawaii Bowl would be like, like a
1: New Year's Six Bowl, right? I, it's fun. I don't know if the coaches like. It feels fitting for a team from the Sun Belt and in, in the Mountain West because when hearing stories about the distractions, especially being in Honolulu, uh, I, I I'm not sure coaches that have a lot on the line would want this game that far over on the island. So, but I will just say that that is a that is a win win. Uh, for just shot and the Spartans for sure.
0: There's no doubt about that. That is uh... Uh,
1: Hawaii is undefeated. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: I mean, wasn't remember Notre Dame played in that bowl. Like when Charlie Weiss was there, you know, um, remember that was right. like, Jimmy Clausen's best game. I think. Yeah. Um Or maybe it was Dane Crist's best game. One of those. One of, yeah. One of those. But that was Charlie's Charlie's big moment. Big Hawaii bowl win. Mm. Um, that just said like, it's, uh, Again, those are two great leagues and they you know, that's awesome. It's an awesome bowl thing. But man, like, you know, you you would you rather go to Shreveport or Hawaii? Like oh, what would No, are we doing offense. Here? no yeah, offense. No offense. Shreveport. Love Shreveport. Fine, yeah. fine casino uh off the highway there. But we're uh, you know, it is uh it is not a it is not a honeymoon destination.
1: No, and I remember the Aloha Bowl being on Christmas Day. That was yeah. that was the only yes. game. so yes. uh Good for those teams going out to the Hawaii Bowl. That should do it for the College Game Day podcast. We will talk to you next week.
2: ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.